The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike and we're going to break down the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. But before we get into the action, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I We have a history of you recommending shows or movies and for some reason me just not doing it in a like reasonable amount of time yeah it's actually very hurtful <laughs> I, t- I take your word for it and i enjoy this stuff and it's fun and stuff turns out well so i finally decided to to give um glow gorgeously is it gorgeous ladies gorgeous ladies of wrestling another shot and i i didn't not like it the first time i watched it i watched the first two episodes i'm like okay this is fine but it didn't really like grab me and pull me in. And I got distracted by, I don't know, Frasier for the 15th time or Cheers for the 20th time. So obviously in quarantine, I've run out of stuff to watch. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just put Glow on. Give it another shot. That was at like six o'clock last night. I am at episode seven of season two. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a quick watch. I mean, the episodes are only like 20 minutes long and there's only, yeah. you know, like three eight seasons, episodes, 30 episodes, season whatever. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's a really quick watch, but yeah, it's fantastic. It is really good. And as I'm watching it, like in the first season, you know, John Morrison's in the pilot episode. Um, Kaz and Christopher Daniels are in it as unnamed wrestlers. Um, and just like the, just knowing, you know, knowing the business, knowing the industry and um, getting to to kind of see this show for the first time, like it, it's really interesting and i wonder if doing a podcast like this has kind of kind of helped me get into it because i don't know people for years have been saying mike you you must have watched glow you like wrestling what do you think i'm like oh i i've never seen it. i think i was just being stubborn like people expected me to like it or watch it and i was like "Ah, i don't know so well i do get that um, right like the, the number one way to get me to watch something is to not tell me to watch it right like you tell me to watch something and i'm gonna put it off forever I didn't start watching Game of Thrones until like season seven was about to start airing <laughs> because people had been telling me how much Game of Thrones was right up my alley. And and yes, yes, it was. But <laughs> I held off for years because people were constantly telling me, you got to watch this. And I don't know what it is. I have that same stubborn streak. But uh, but yeah, I'm uh, glad you're finally friends. getting around to it. And, you know, there's so many like actual pro wrestlers that are involved. I don't know if oh, you've yeah. done any looking into it, but like Chavo Guerrero is the mm-hmm. trainer who works with all of the on-screen talent to teach them how to do this stuff. Um, and they do have some some stunt people as well. Uh, but for the most part, what you're seeing on the show is actually the actresses doing those moves. Um, Carlito has a big role on the show, which is kind of awesome. Uh, must not be at that point. Yeah, I haven't seen a Carlito. You haven't seen Carlito? Uh, no, not yet. Man, um, I thought for sure he showed up by now. Yeah, some of the other wrestlers who've been on it, uh, Joey Ryan, uh, yep. plays what Alex Mr. Monopoly. Alex yep, Riley, A Ry. Uh, he gets to he 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 bangs the the lead <laughs> in the show. Um, and then uh, yeah, so uh, speaking of Chavo, he told a story on Talk Is Jericho 
about how like on the first day of training, he called in uh, Kia Stevens into the ring and no one there other than him. And obviously the producers knew that she was a professional wrestler and they just put on a match. So all these women thought Kia Stevens was just an actress. And then she starts going toe to toe with Chavo Guerrero in the middle of the ring. So also, um, she's a great <laughs> actress. Yeah, she's uh, I just want really good on the show. <laughs> Really convincing. And I, I was talking to one of my buddies earlier. I really like about the show is how, you know, 80s wrestling was very, very bad. Um, also very racist, sexist. Um, and I, I like that they they make sure to t- touch on those points, you know. Um, you know, there's the whole thing with uh, Kia Stevens' character being the the welfare queen and her son coming to see her wrestle for the first time. And... You know, like on Not one hand, Beirut, I mean, yeah, Beirut, her, her yeah. character is literally a terrorist, a terrorist. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, it's so, pretty wild. But I'm glad they didn't shy away from that because that people all the time ask me like, oh, did you what what eras of wrestling do you like? I don't really like 80s, 90s, early 90s wrestling. Um, and those that's that's one of the reasons. So. I'm glad that they kind of touched on that and and made a point to emphasize it in the show. And yeah, it's great. You know, so by the time we talk next week, I'll be done because I'll probably be done with the show by tonight because <laughs> quarantine sleep doesn't matter. Um, and sorry, I didn't mean to turn this into a glow review. But Joel, how are you doing, man? Um, I'm I'm great. I mean, I'm I'm even better now that I know you're you're binge watching <laughs> Glow. Uh, and just wait for it, man. Season three is is so so good. So you're you're in for a treat, but uh, yeah, I'm doing well. I um, I've been really really disciplined in watching The Mandalorian one episode at a time. So it's like a special treat. My wife and I watch one episode every weekend, and we're really spacing it out. But I'm I'm loving it. So it's uh it's pretty pretty great. And um, this past weekend we watched the first episode that Gina Carano is in. And, oh yeah, uh, she's great, and. I when we watched the episode, I was like, oh, you know, she was she was the lead actress in a movie from like 2011 that I really wanted to watch. It's called Haywire. We should see if it's on Netflix. Spoiler alert. It is. We watched it and it's really good. It's a movie you have to pay attention to. Um, Oh, Dan, that's a that's a death knell for me. (laughs) But it's um, it's directed by Steven Soderbergh. So from a music and production and cinematography side of things, it feels like Ocean's Eleven, but the subject matter is a lot more similar to like the Bourne identity. Um, and it's got a great cast. Ewan McGregor is in it. Um, there's a lot of like really talented people. Antonio Banderas is in it and uh, Michael Douglas, like all kinds of people. So we watched that. It's an hour and a half and it was really fun. So uh, I, I do recommend that it was a it was an enjoyable, enjoyable watch. Even there's a Bill Paxton uh, pop up, which was like, whoa, Bill Paxton, R.I.P. So, Yo, man, this cast is freaking insane. Michael Douglas, Michael Fassbender, Bill Paxton. Channing oh, yeah, that's Tatum. right. Yeah. You get Michael Fassbender in there as well. Holy Channing crap. Tatum is in it. <laughs> yeah. This, <laughs> and this movie totally flew under the radar. I mean, it. yeah, it, I've never heard of it. Yeah. So. Wow. But it's it's really enjoyable. There's some really awesome fight scenes. I'm pretty sure Gina Carano did all of her own stunts. She's a former MMA fighter. Probably. And um, there's some really, really cool action sequences. 
and uh, it's just a, an enjoyable way to spend an hour and a half. So, so there you go. Uh, we've what 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 can't you get from this podcast? We've we've given you uh, <laughs> TV reviews, we've given you movie reviews, and now now we're going to talk some wrestling. So, Mike, why don't we get right into it? Yeah. Well, uh, hey, Joel, why don't you tell us um, what happened on Dynamite this week? The dynamite that was. All right, dynamite started off with Sean Dean getting absolutely pasted by Lance Archer on his way to the ring, uh, where Jake Roberts cut a promo on Cody and Brandy Rhodes. This was followed by a tag team match between Jurassic Express and the Best Friends. Best Friends getting the pinfall victory there with interference from Ray Phoenix. This was followed by the women's fatal four-way match between Britt Baker, Penelope Ford, Hikaru Shida, and Chris Statlander. Hikaru Shida getting the pinfall victory in that affair. This uh, was followed up by a promo package featuring Pineapple Pete cutting a promo on Chris Jericho to hype up their match later on in the evening. After that, we saw Proud and Powerful take on the newly formed tag team of Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega. Matt Hardy getting the pinfall victory there. After that, we saw our second interview attempt by Taz interviewing Darby Allen. And this was followed by MJF making his return to the ring and getting a submission victory over Lee Johnson. This was followed by the match between Chris Jericho and Suge D, also known as Pineapple Pete. Jericho unsurprisingly getting the pinfall victory in that match. And finally, the main event, Christopher Daniels versus Brody Lee. Brody Lee getting the pinfall victory. And then we got John Moxley. So, what stood out to you from this week? Stock up, stock down. All right, for me, let's start with the Fatal 4-Way, the women's Fatal 4-Way. That match, I'm giving a big stock up. Also a big stock up to the division. And I'm also, I'm going to put myself over a little bit, Joel. Uh, I texted you, I tweeted out, you know, I really love to see, I love to, I would love to see two matches at double or nothing from the women's division. I thought it would have been a potential Sheeta Baker blow off match. And then Nyla Rose versus like a Statlander or a Penelope Ford. But I think they got it right by giving us Nyla Rose versus Sheeta in a, uh, no disqualification match. And then Britt Baker versus Statlander due to some pretty intense post-match actions from Britt Baker. But um, so double nothing aside, let's talk about this match itself. I loved the pacing. I loved, I pretty much loved everyone in this match. I thought uh, it was a great kind of, you know, we had that video package last week to kind of reintroduce us to everyone in the women's division. And this was kind of the, the exclamation point on that. We got to see four extremely talented women do spots after spots after spot. Great storytelling. Um, and yeah, just a really fun, intense match. And I don't even know where to start in terms of some of the spots in this match, but just really, really love what they all did. Um, and I got to say, I really love Britt finding a glove no matter what so she can put on the lockjaw. She is a role model because she's being super responsible right now during this this pandemic, man. Like, it's hard <laughs> not to... It's hard not to think Britt Baker is the role model that she says she is. I, I don't know that anyone is doing better work in AEW than Britt Baker right now, uh, all around between what she's doing on the mic, what she's doing at ringside, 
what she's doing in matches, what she's doing on social media. I mean, she's absolutely crushing it. She's found her perfect role, uh, no pun intended, with this character. And I'm loving it. I thought she was great in this match. I also thought that there were some really nice spots from Chris Statlander. You know, she got a warm up on AEW Dark with a match. And and honestly, we should probably spend a little time talking about AEW Dark as well. I mean, there was a huge card a couple of nights ago. So, uh, but she looked really great in this match after getting a warm up on, on Dark and really showing off her power and her size within this division. And when you don't see her for a while, you forget just how much she towers over the other women in this division. And it's it's great. There were some really cool spots. I loved when, I, I mean, anytime she takes one person and uses them as a weapon against somebody else, that's kind of <laughs> becoming a signature for Chris Statlander. And we saw that again in this match with her just dumping somebody on top of somebody else. And uh, I don't remember who was on the receiving end, who was the one being dumped, but it was it was really fantastic. And I, I enjoyed this match thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, just talking about some of the spots I enjoyed from this match, I thought, the, the uh, Canadian Destroyer that Britt Baker hit during the match was pretty incredible. Um, I I loved I loved the spot where uh, Kip Sabian jumps up on the apron, grabs Sheeta, and then as uh, Ford is running at them, she moves out of the way instead of like knocking him off the edge like you normally would see. He like catches her for a makeout sesh, which. <laughs> It was yeah. like really funny. And then then they both ate an ensign gurry and uh Sabian went, you know, flying out of the ring. And then, you know, there was one spot where there was a, a Falcon Arrow, Statlander broke it up, then an insane poison rana that looked like it didn't land right, but made it look even more painful. <laughs> yeah, and then the timing was a little off on that, but yeah. Statlander did an amazing job of like bouncing through it. And make him mm-hmm. look really good. Uh, I thought she sold the hell out of that Poison Rana. Yeah, and then after that, you know, ba- Baker threw Statlander into the barrier. And then fuck, freaking locked in the lockjaw for what seemed like five minutes. And then Sheeta did that kind of transition to get Ford up on her shoulders. Destroyed her with that gigantic backbreaker. Um, oh, caught her out of midair. I mean, yeah, that was really impressive. And then you know, moved her into a front-facing position on her shoulders. I mean, she had Ford up for quite a while. Mm-hmm. It was really impressive strength on display. And and Sheeta is, you know, I, I'm surprised they haven't given her like the pound-for-pound pound strongest in the division moniker because she's demonstrating that on a weekly basis. She is so oh, yeah. powerful. And uh, I thought it looked really good. That backbreaker looked really clean. And you mentioned the Falcon Arrow earlier, that knee strike to finish the match. Her spots mm-hmm. just looked really crisp. Well, everything from her looks impactful. And she's not the biggest person. You know, she's not the biggest woman in the division. Um, not the tallest, you know, but everything she does looks like it hurts. It, I, I don't want to compare. I, I, I'm going to compare to Io Shirai, you know, take away the, the, the similar nationality. But they're both similar in the way that everything they do just looks like it hurts. And they're putting every ounce of energy into making that move look like it hurts. So, um, and I think the most impressive thing about this match is, was there really any connection of Britt Baker and Statlander over the last two months? 
You know, it was a really weird time. We haven't seen Statlander really since Revolution. So I don't even know if there's been much back and forth, but over the course of this, however long this match was, they gave us enough to care about to say, yeah, this is a pay-per-view match. And no, and like, I haven't seen anyone say anything like, oh, why is that match on the card? They didn't deserve it. It's like, oh, hell yeah, we're going to get Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander. Well, and I think that's the result of really good storytelling in the match. I mean, we saw Baker put on the lockjaw before the match ended, and then there's a sequence of moves in the ring. She's got Statlander in the lockjaw that entire time. The referee counts one, two, three. She doesn't even break the hold, even though mm-hmm. the match is ending. She doesn't try to scramble in to win the match. No, she is focused on inflicting pain and punishment on Chris Statlander. And that kind of malice and animosity is what you need in order to fuel this kind of feud. So I think it's great. And, you know, we we were talking off air about just how many people are involved in a couple of matches on this upcoming uh, Double or Nothing card, which we will be previewing next week. Uh, And with, with those things, we need more people to fill out the rest of the card and have other matches. This was a great opportunity to have multiple women's matches on a pay-per-view card, which is something we've criticized in the past with AEW. And I think they did a great job of telling a story within this match. And, and we'll have next week, presumably we'll have some kind of promos or video package. Some of those things that they've done really, really well to hype up this match and get everybody even more excited for it. Is this the first AEW pay-per-view since... Uh the TV deal started that they've had two women's matches on a pay-per-view. I, th- I, th- I don't want to say for sure, but I'm pretty correct. sure it is. Uh, um, I know at full gear, there was a Britt Baker be a Priestley match on the pre-show. Um, but it was, it was Rio versus Emi Sakura on the main card. And there was only one at revolution because we talked about, you know, our disappointment that there was only going to be one women's match. And then I'm looking at if we want to count all out as like the official, you know, season there was the women's battle royal on the pre-show and then rio and Sheeta on the main card so yeah i think this is the first one with two legit singles matches on on the main card so um which we've been talking about and i remember after revolution um not to not to pat ourselves on the back again we talked about how we want, wanted to see between revolution and double or nothing was the establishment of the women's division even more to the point where we could have multiple storylines, multiple feuds, multiple stars in the division. And I think we're there, you know, obviously there could still be bigger stars and more prominent stories. And hopefully we won't have a disruption like we did during the quarantine era of AEW. again, you know, hopefully they can still keep these tapings going on and shows so they don't have to have a reduced roster, but I, th- I have to I have to say good job. I think we got exactly what we wanted. Well, and I think it, this match was a match between one previously established star prior to the quarantine and Chris Statlander, someone who had held a prominent position and wrestled in prominent matches, and three people who really came up and you know bolstered their position during this time because they were available. Sheeta, Baker, and Penelope Ford were all huge parts of those quarantine tapings. And it, it shows they're now more prominently positioned on the card. They've further developed their characters and their personas. And now we're seeing them in high profile matches on a pay-per-view. 
that's how it should be. So I'm excited that they're getting this opportunity and I'm really looking forward to both of these matches. Yeah, same. Any Anything else uh, with regards to the women's match, the women's division, uh, before we move on to our next item of Stock Up, Stock Down? No, I think we can move on. And uh, I know this this next item is kind of a thumbs in the middle for both of us. And that's the uh, the opening segment with Lance Archer and Jake Roberts. And, uh, you know, my takeaway from it is, ew, gross, why? <laughs> um, so I think, yep. you know, overall, not a bad promo. Uh, but my takeaway is not so much like, Ugh, I hate Jake Roberts. I hate Lance Archer. I can't wait for them to get their comeuppance. But more of like, dude, that's gross. And it, it just doesn't, it feels so out of place. And and it kind of took me out of things when he starts talking about, you know, what a woman's place is. And, you know, sometimes keep me warm at night. And like, ugh. yeah. And then the, the 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 most skeevy part of it was when he was like, I put on Lance's work because that gets me very excited. I'm just like, you popping boners for the Murderhawk dude, which if it is, if, if that's what you like, good for you. But how the hell does that have anything to do with this feud? You know, like I we, we talked about last week about how the overtly sexual stuff, you know, I, we didn't think it was necessary for the story. Jake Roberts whole thing is that we're coming to take your part of the, the pie. And then it started talking about like attitude era pie, not the money pie, like the poontang pie, which <laughs> no one ever wants to hear the phrase poontang pie again. So I, I it felt really weird. It, it once again shifted the focus of how badass Lance Archer is to whatever hell Jake Roberts was spouting. Um, you know, honestly, I liked it up until that point, and I liked what everything that happened after it. You know, when he said. Uh, when it went to, we are writing every freaking chapter, like it or not, that's just the way it is. Great stuff. And then he immediately went into, now, as far as I'm concerned, a woman is great at home. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> and then he transitioned to, you can't, you can no longer hide behind your brother. You can't, you can't hide behind any obstacle you choose. Like, if you just cut out the stuff about the women, you already made your point. You already became even more evil for doing what you did to Brandy. Like you didn't have to do that. It felt, it, it, it well, felt it's, unnecessary. It's really cheap heat. Like it's not, yeah, you're not burning booing you. Like, yeah, you're not doing anything that's innovative or clever or, you know, like your delivery is so good. You could get heat by reading the dictionary, but the sexism isn't necessary and it doesn't make this any more significant of a feud. It doesn't elevate it at all. It just, it gives you something that's distracting and feels out of place. And it takes me out of the experience. And that's the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. You're a manager. You're out there to get your talent over to, to, to generate heat for the talent who actually wrestles in the ring and mm -hmm. everything he's doing is taking the focus off of Lance Archer. And then Lance has to do something physical in order to get his heat back. I mean, I love the way the segment started with the captain, Sean Dean, just getting completely obliterated <laughs> on the way to the ring. And 
you know, he tweeted out, like, I guess I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. It just, you know, that stuff is great, but that should be how you get heat on Lance Archer. And that's been a part of his gimmick for a long time. He used to come out and just knock the crap out of some random ringside person in Japan. Like he'd take out the young boys. Well, there are no young boys in uh, AEW. So he has to pick like a cameraman or a lighting technician or, you know, enhancement talent, you know, <laughs> somebody. And I just don't think that what Jake is doing is actually generating any additional heat for Lance Archer. It's just creating this weird side story that doesn't feel like it needs to be there. I, I have a theory. So hear me out. When they first started doing the quarantine tapings, it it came out that they had stuff to get them through like mid-May, you know, almost to double or nothing. And I wonder if that they originally were going to have the tournament take place over the course of that seven, eight weeks. And when they got word, oh, no, you actually can do live tapings now. That's why we started seeing the two tournament matches on the card when originally it was one match a week, one match a week. And we broke it down when they announced the tournament. If they did one match a week, that would get you to the last week of, of Dynamite before Double or Nothing. So I think they had to, they were like, oh, okay, well, let's just get the tournament finished and then we can build this even more. I kind of wish that the tournament was still going because I'm not liking the additional build that they've had. The It, it, it peaked when Murderhawk killed Dustin Rhodes. Like, that was, we were so hyped, so stoked. And I just feel like they've lost momentum here the last two weeks. And the thing is, it was just one or two small tweaks. And I think we would still have it. If they put the snake on Brandy without all the dick moves, I think we'd be coming out of that. Okay. Yeah. Cody has even more reason to be angry. And then Jake Roberts to come out and basically say, yeah, I did that. What are you going to do about it? And then we saw like the, the brawl that we saw tonight. I think we'd be feeling good, but I think just the, like you said, the, the volt sex, the overt sexism and, and misogyny the last two weeks has just kind of been a turnoff. Yeah. It's not something that plays very well in, you know, 2020. And, you know, I remember you and I saw at an indie show in Orlando, the character man scout. <laughs> and, and that's like his whole gimmick. But I it's forgot about Man Scout. It's over the top. It's to the point of being ridiculous. And he usually he wrestles loses. women and he frequently loses and gets egg on his face. And it's it's a part of the, the give and take of, of that character. With Jake, it like it just it feels like he's got this whole menacing puppet master thing going on. And then, oh, yeah, but also don't forget, I'm a huge misogynist. Let me remind you of that. It's like, wait, remind us? That doesn't even fit with what you've been doing. Like, what's where's this coming from? It's just weird. So I, I don't know. It just. Another thing better off about that segment. <laughs> yeah. And other things with the segment, I, I really hope that Cody Rhodes just becomes Stone Cold Steve Austin from the Attitude Era. And just gets a branded vehicle like every week. He had his freaking neck, ta neck tattoo on the hood of his F-150. And I just remember like me and my buddy always joking around that 
Steve Austin had like a Batman level arsenal of vehicles <laughs> just at his disposal. Doesn't matter when or where. You need a you need a beer truck, got it. You need a cement truck, got it. You need an ATV, got it. I just hope Cody Rhodes gets the same. I hope he comes out on like a Razor scooter next week with the the Nightmare Family logo on it. <laughs> well, some continuity. That was the same truck that he um, offered up to MJF to get his match. So, ah, uh, okay. Well, no wonder MJF didn't want it. It has a stupid neck tattoo on it. Yeah, it's it's the same one. So, <laughs> uh, but I like the brawl. Um, I love that Cody went immediately kicked him in the dick. As we've learned with Brock Lesnar, the dick is a weakness. Who would have thought? Kicked him immediately in the crotch. And I love the brawl. And I don't think either one of them looked weak during the brawl. Like, you know, I liked how it ended in kind of a stalemate. And, uh, okay, we'll, we'll see you in two weeks type of deal. Um, and I kind of loved Cody pulling him by the murder hawk. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then, like, choking the him with the murder right hawk. there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked the brawl. I liked the promo until the sexist stuff. I love the promo after the sexist stuff, but it was enough to make me want to bitch just go. So, and and let me be clear. Like I don't necessarily dislike it purely because like, Oh, you're doing a sexist thing, right? Uh, the stuff with, um, Kip Sabian and Riho, uh, when they did their, their intergender match, like there was some, some sexism there but it was done in a different way and it made sense in the context of what they were doing and you know the whole thing was based around like Riho being like yeah I'm gonna hit you with a suplex because I can and you know that they ended up having that fantastic intergender match on the cruise ship so you know I I think there there are ways that you can integrate it into a story that makes sense these are characters they represent uh archetypes of people that exist in the world sexists and misogynists are people that exist in the world and having that as part of a plot line is not an inherent negative but it needs to be done in a way that makes sense this mm-hmm. did not make sense nope all right i think on that note i think we've said everything we need to say so let's move on to our third item and stock up stock down and we're gonna go a little uh into the inner circle and the elite um, between the tag match between Proud and Powerful and Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy to the announcement of the first ever stadium stampede match at Double or Nothing. So that seems like their Blood and Guts replacement, I would assume, because we haven't heard Blood and Guts since the quarantine tapings end. And it seems like this match is just going to be in the Jacksonville Jaguars stadium. So one, that's awesome. Curious to see how that turns out. And I feel like they wouldn't announce this match if we weren't getting the Bucks and Hangman Page back. Like, is that that's my like, take? Is that on a it weird well, thought? Because Cody, Cody's involved. Well, with Cody's something. already occupied. Dustin's dead. Right. So Who else we, is we, left? Right. So it's it's got to be. <laughs> it kind of has like, to be. <laughs> you know the the Bucks, Kenny, Hangman Page, and Matt Hardy. Like that's the only way this whole thing works. So. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to fly with Hangman Page storyline wise, still kind of being on the outs with the elite. Um, but, you know, I'm sure they'll find a way to to make it make sense. Or, you know, are are we going to get like a special guest appearance from, you know, somebody else? Uh, would they be able to get 
someone like Marty Skrull to come in and do a one-off, uh, which would be <laughs> wild. Uh, but you know there's there's things they can do obviously hangman page is a lot more likely but you know wrestling is a world of infinite possibilities so let's see what happens there's a lot of wrestlers out there that i'm sure are chomping at the bit to get back in the ring and wrestle in a high profile match this is a great opportunity so you know maybe we go into it maybe we go into it with it being five on four and the inner circle crowing over the fact that they have this huge advantage and then we get a, you know, a reveal of someone who's going to come in and, and be there and be that, that fifth member, you know, I would go nuts if someone like sting popped up and, you know, just was there for in the rumor mill right now. Well, with Jericho coming out with the bat, I mean, it just kind of gives me those Mm -hmm. vibes and sting has made some comments with, yeah, on social media, regarding everything that Matt Hardy is doing and how much he loves it. So And Lance Archer too. Yeah. So, you know, it Oh man, that that'd be sick. So, like I said, there's just so many things Can we get Kota Ibushi from Japan for one off. <laughs> that would be wild. Yeah, it, it makes me excited cuz yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it, it's it's exciting cuz minimum like no surprises we get the full elite back which I think we've definitely missed their presence. You know, it's it's all elite wrestling, and we haven't had the Bucks. We haven't had Hangman Page for a long time. So I think that'd be great to have them back. And if they want to give some surprises, sweet, let's go. I'm all for it. Um, but let's talk about this match um, between Santana Ortiz and the, the Broken Angels. Um, one, Matt Hardy looks so good. Like... I, I'm just kind of used to the Matt Hardy that couldn't really move that well in, in WWE. Sorry, the other wrestling company. And he, I'm not saying he looks like, you know, Matt Hardy from when we were teenagers, you know? Like, he doesn't have that back. But I think he's moving as good or better than Jericho is right now. And I'm just loving what he's doing in the ring. Um, and it just it it's working and this kind of team with Kenny Omega right now is really intriguing with them doing some like classic Hardy boys spots together. Um, I, I'm just really enjoying it. What, what are your initial thoughts on this match? I loved it. I thought it was super fun. Uh, as you know, I'm really high on uh, proud and powerful, specifically Santana. And I thought they looked really great in this match. Uh, like you said, Matt Hardy is, you know, reinvented himself and found a way to work that, even in his limited capacity, looks really good. So, you know, I, I love that he's going to these spots like smashing someone's head into all three turnbuckles, like going down from the top to the middle to the bottom rope. And, you know, that was something we had seen from him before, but I was reminded of it. I was like, oh, yeah, that spot. I haven't seen that in a while. And, it makes sense with this kind of unhinged character that he'd go berserk and just keep smashing your head over and over again. So uh, I like the way he's working as well. I thought there were some really cool spots in this match. And I mean, Kenny hit some nasty V triggers and uh, I thought the, the cell Mm -hmm. job on the twist of fate where he did the, the spike. (laughs) I mean, that's oh that was that was the sammy 
and that was violent as hell. Like, yeah, Sammy with the that might have been the best on. looking. <laughs> That's the best looking twist of fate I think I've ever, ever seen. And what I also really liked is, did you notice that that um side effect? They jumped so high. I don't remember which member of Proud and Powerful it was, but they literally like cleared the third rope, like they were floating. Um and I I Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega are on the same team right now, but I can't wait at some point to see Kenny Omega eat a twist of fate. <laughs> like I'm his head's really gonna go through forward. the ring. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to getting a cinematic match between Matt Hardy and pretty much anybody. Like, give me Matt Hardy Darby Allen, give me Matt Hardy Kenny Omega, give me Matt Hardy Sammy Guevara, give me Matt Hardy Chris Jericho. Like, I don't care what the the pairing is. But I want to see what AEW's creativity can do with this broken Matt Hardy character, this Damascus character, and, you know, the budget that they have with, you know, all of Shad Khan's money. So, <laughs> yep. Let's yeah, uh, I, have some fun. I, I really love the finish, too, you know, with, um, I, once again, I can't remember which member of Proud and Powerful was up on the top, but. They uh, Kenny hit that V trigger from the mat to the turnbuckle, yeah. which was insane. And then Matt Hardy hit the the hanging kind of uh, twist of fate, kind of like Orton's hanging DDT. So um, just really, really cool, really fun match. Really liked the the I love that it was Kenny getting worked over and the hot tag was waiting for Matt. Um, I think that's just a, a, a good way to organize this match. and. Yeah, Santana, you mentioned him. He every time I see him work, he just he moves a little bit further and further up my rankings. He is he is super talented and his like bandana got knocked off at some point, so like I got to see his forehead, which was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> so. He's got a similar quality to like Frank Kazarian where just everything that he does looks good. Like he doesn't do a lot of sensational spots. But everything looks convincing. It just mm-hmm. is is really, really crisp. And I love watching him work. So I, I thought this match was a blast. And I think it, it did a good job of continuing to develop this feud. I liked that the Inner Circle got the win last week. And the Elite got the win this week. And, you know, we're two weeks out. So presumably there's going to be another match next week. And we're going to see one of these teams go in with a victory up on the other um, as we, as we move towards double or nothing. So I'm excited for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just Googled Santana Ortiz because I wanted to, I wanted to see how old they were. And do, do you remember, do you, do you know what their original team name was on the Indies? This is before they were LAX. <laughs> no, I do not know. <laughs> it was, it's an acronym. E-Y-F-B-O, which which stands for entertain your fucking balls off or entertain your freaking butt off. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I, I'm really I, glad that uh, they, they hooked up with Conan and became the new LAX. <laughs> oh, man. I just could you imagine JR saying e, 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 I can't even say E-Y-F-B-O. And someone asking him what it stands for. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry. I, I, I ruined it because that's so fucking funny. Um, but yeah, love those guys. Uh, I think 
I like the comparison to Kazarian. I think he has a higher ceiling than Kazarian. Like, I think you could have Santana be, you know, a pretty convincing single star if they wanted to. Um, Because I definitely think Santana has a higher ceiling than Ortiz. Um, Definitely. But, yeah, and I love, I love, I love poor Kenny. He got tiger styled like twice in this match. That's got to hurt. So in two different segments, but he got tiger styled like six (laughs) times. It's just, and every time like Ortiz has to stop and do it. I'm like, I think I literally tweeted tiger style. (laughs) So um, I guess the last thing I want to touch on about the elite inner circle is RIP Vanguard one. Yeah. (laughs) Poor. What's a war without casualties? I mean, I don't know. I I don't know if I can 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 do the rest of the pod, man. I don't think I can do it. Well, why don't we rescue ourselves with lightning round then? (laughs) Vanguard one. Okay, lightning round. Let me hit the button. Lightning round. So my very first thing that I'm going to talk about is so stupid and I'm sorry, audience, this might only really affect Joel and I for the next five seconds. They, they used the phrase Greco Roman something so many times throughout the show tonight. <laughs> Greco Roman nasal grab Greco Roman. Jo- what well, like they just kept using like Greco Roman on commentary and it just reminds me of yet yeah, it's that bad with their Greco Roman sex. So every time JR or Excalibur said that tonight, I just started laughing and I had to pause. Joel, what's, what's your first item on lightning rounds? <laughs> I'm glad that, that Taz is still trying to help Darby Allen. Uh, I really enjoyed this segment and Taz trying to, you know, once again, be like, so, you know, he, he did, he did this. And he's, and Darby's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I was the third ranked wrestler in the state of Idaho. Idaho. (laughs) It just just seems so like, you know, weak of a comeback. Like Idaho isn't as far as I know, a state that's known for its amateur wrestling. Like, wait, Idaho's a state. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. They make, they, they grow potatoes, potatoes, right? Oh, Um, okay. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh but but yeah i i enjoyed this segment and i I thought taz being like oh well then you should know that what you should have done was and then darby just walks away (laughs) it's it's a fun little bit and who knows if it's actually gonna turn into something yeah like (laughs) this needs to lead to darby actually giving taz a shot as his manager and then you know whatever happens, but I I'd like to see this go somewhere and not just be a funny couple of segments. I think Taz is an incredibly valuable asset to the company. And, you know, I hope that we get to see more of him on screen, whether it's in this interviewing capacity, doing more of those move breakdowns that he did for a couple of weeks. Uh, I just think there's so much value that he can bring. And I loved this segment. I laughed out loud. <laughs> it was it was good. It, they're doing something good there. Uh, my my next item on lightning round is that that video promoting the tag team division, very similar to the women's division last week. Um, and just another example of hey, by the way, here's what you missed. Um, because the ratings were down during quarantine tapings and they've gone back up 
not quite what they were before, but still pretty, you know, significant difference. Um, I really liked uh, how it highlighted the title history, how Kenny and Paige versus the Bucks was like the best tag team match ever. Then they talked about the best friends, uh, Jurassic Express, um, Dark Order. I just thought it was a really good kind of recap. And it, it continues that vibe we get from the Taz move breakdowns. It felt very sports center esque. It felt very NFL films esque. Um, so I fully expect one for the men's division here, singles men's division soon, because why wouldn't they? Um, but just really, really enjoyed that. And then the the tag match we didn't talk about, um, Luchasaurus, uh, Jungle Boy versus the best friends. Uh, poor Orange Cassidy getting his head taken off by Phoenix out of nowhere. Yeah. Holy hell. Seriously. <laughs> I didn't know that Ray Phoenix was related to Jean-Claude Van Damme. But holy Damn. crap. <laughs> I mean, that was a that was a serious jump kick and just straight out of the Power Rangers. Got like, completely <laughs> obliterated. Straight out of Bloodsport. What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Uh, I've never seen Bloodsport. <laughs> it's bad. Don't watch it. Watch the quest instead. It's the same story, but it's better. Also, Roger Moore. <laughs> oh, the best bond ever. Got it. Um but yeah, great to see Phoenix back. Did you see that his kicks on um, Dark, like at the yeah. end of that match, he was like, fuck it. And he just obliterated that poor soul. I love that spot that he does in the corner where he runs up and mm-hmm. does the the like 360 spin kick off the ropes. Yeah, I mean, it's just so cool. And, you know, there are people out there who will argue with you that Ray Phoenix is the best wrestler on the planet in terms of in-ring work. And there's an argument to be made. I don't agree with that assessment, but I get it. There are things that he can do that I haven't seen anyone else do, or at least do as well. Also, his improvisational skills, you know, we saw a spot in the match on Dark where he kind of messed up and just dropped down to the apron and jumped up and did another springboard. And it didn't necessarily look like it was unintentional, uh, but he clearly lost his balance on the top rope and then had to make a recovery, but it didn't interrupt the flow of the match at all. And he's that kind of talent. So uh, yeah, I, I thought this match was a lot of fun. Yeah. And glad to have Phoenix back too. And a phrase we haven't heard in a long time. What's a death triangle again? <laughs> Damn quarantine. Joel, you got another uh, lightning round item for me? Uh, I mean, I really liked what they did with, uh, with Suge D, uh, Pineapple Pete, Sugar Dunkerton, whatever you want to call him. Uh, I thought that his promo segment was really good pointing out that I've been doing this for 16 years. Like I'm not some rando that you can just make up a name to give me. I've made my name in this business already. And then coming out, getting the offense in that match with Chris Jericho, Jericho, giving him some shine, putting him over a little bit. And then blasting him with the Judas effect (laughs) and ending the match, which I have to give it to Jericho. Every time I see the Judas effect, I'm liking it more. It looks better and better every time. I was going to say the same thing. Um, It just he's gotten the timing down and maybe the wrestlers have a better idea of how to take it, how to make it look explosive. Um, Yeah. And I love that um, on Pineapple Pete's uh, like entrance card. It just said, he's gone under Jericho's skin. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, yeah, that's one way to put it. I love Um, the humorous title cards. It just, it makes me (laughs) so happy. 
I just, it makes me pay attention. And I, don't like I miss Hangman Page because we haven't gotten any cowboy related, you know, I, I miss I miss the anxious millennial cowboy. Bring him back. Well, I'm I'm an anxious millennial cowboys fan, so I can totally relate. Um, my, my... <laughs> Nicely done, sir. I know. I know. I've been saving that one. I thought about that the other night. So you're welcome, buddy. <laughs> um, and my last thing for lightning round is. I love that Sammy when they asked Sammy to say it in Spanish and he goes, El Honorable. <laughs> They're really it's leaning just, into the, you know, fake Spanish thing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's funny. Like it is. You could see that you could see that same thing in another company and it, it come off as like douchey or insensitive or something. And it's been some really funny stuff. Like, what what was it in Bubbly Bunch where he couldn't get past five? Yeah, he stopped at Cinco. Cinco, Cinco. Cinco, 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 Cinco. It's one one really small thing, and it was just so funny. It might it might have get, gotten my chuckle of the night, El Honorable. <laughs> so... Anything else for Lightning Round, Joel? I, 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 am, I am spent, but is there anything else that you want to talk about? No, I think I think we've covered it. I don't think there's there's a whole lot left to talk about from this card. All right. Well, I, you know what time it is then. Joel's random observation of the week. So things are always changing in the world and also in professional wrestling. But some things stay the same. Well, Matt Hardy has gone through many evolutions between being you know, Matt Hardy version 1.0 and then becoming the unkillable Matt Hardy and doing broken Matt Hardy and woken Matt Hardy and now Damascus. One thing that's remained the same about Matt Hardy that entire time is that nobody, and I mean nobody, bleeds from the mouth as easily as Matt Hardy. I have been a um, fan of his entire career and he takes any clothesline, any clothesline. And all of a sudden he's bleeding from the mouth. All right. I have a, we have a social media project for you. We need to go back and find clips of Matt just bleeding from the mouth to make this, to make this land. But yeah, I guess. Yeah. I remember I'm pretty sure when he had that feud with uh Kane, he was like gushing blood out of his mouth on the stretcher. Pretty sure he did that with Edge, and like, does that does that just come from biting your lip on accident? Like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he has like really sensitive gums or something, or if he, you know, if he's not ducking clotheslines appropriately, and it's just like getting his face mushed. But it, <laughs> it's something that's been consistent, and it's not like spots that are planned. It's not like, oh, Matt's going to get color in this match. It's like, no, he just got clocked upside the head, and now his mouth is bleeding. Well, he should talk to Britt Baker and get some Sensodyne. That's how you it's handle true. Those Yeah, he gum. should. He should. He should go to the good doctor. <laughs> uh, she is a role model after all, and I'm sure that she would be happy to help Matt Hardy resolve this issue. Well, you know, dental stuff is 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 cool, I guess. So thank you for that random observation, Joel. Um, we we have a card for next week, and there could have been something announced over the last maybe hour or so. I mean, I've seen it, but this is what is in store for dynamite next week. We get MJF versus Marco stunt. And I am firmly in Marco stunts corner. Kick his ass, Marco. 
uh, Ray Phoenix versus Orange Cassidy because Cassidy has, you know, no head because of Ray Phoenix. So it's it's time to get some revenge for that. Uh, Sammy Guevara versus Matt Hardy, which should be super fun. Uh, Moxley versus 10. Wow, we didn't even talk about the AEW champion tonight. I don't know what that says about their program. Hmm. And then Arn Anderson and Jake Roberts face off. Sorry, they don't, not facing off. Face to face next week in a probably a promo battle. So I'm curious to see how that goes. And, you know, maybe Arn Anderson can uh, kick a little ass. So we'll see. What are your thoughts on the things announced for next week's Dynamite? I mean, I think it's a it's a pretty standard go home show. And uh, I think there is going to be a lot of entertainment, but nothing that's going to compromise what's set up for uh, the uh, the pay-per-view next weekend. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think the highlight of this match or this show is is almost certainly going to be the match between Orange Cassidy and Ray Phoenix. It's, oh, yeah. you know, it'll be if, the second if, if time. Tries. If he tries. Well, he does have a history of trying against members of Death Triangle. So, you know. That is true. That is true. Oh, awesome. I was just checking the uh, AEW page to see if they had any other matches announced for next week. Nothing. So we, we didn't miss anything. But Scorpio Sky has been added to the Casino Ladder match. So that is going to be fit. freaking awesome. So uh, on that note, I guess we can move into a little house cleaning here. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. You can find us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can find me on Twitter at Michael underscore Aranda. You can find Joel at The Other Joel. You can email us at The Other Wrestling Show at gmail.com. You can find us on SoundClouds, iTunes, and Spotify. And if you're an Android loser like me, you can pretty much find us on any of the podcasting apps on the Android uh store and damn did i miss anything did i get it all right i think you got it i think you should cut that out and just use that (laughs) and use that use it every week going forward every time yeah yeah because that was you know i don't think it's ever going to get any better than that (laughs) so thank god we don't have a phone number because i would not get that right (laughs) any anything else to add joel before we well it's not even that late you don't have to go to sleep yet so no, Anything I don't. Like I have to go get dinner. That's what I have to do. So, um, so yeah. Uh, but no, if you like the show, support the show. Interact with us. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Let us know things that you would like us to talk about on the pod. We would love to hear from you. And uh, we're not scary. We promise. We're we're nice, friendly people. Um, unless you're Jake Roberts, in which case, screw you. Um, but or you're Jake Hager. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. I'm not afraid uh, of him. Not enough to get blocked on Twitter. You got to you got to cuss him out on the pod. That's cute. All right. So yeah. uh, but yeah, uh, tell a friend and uh, keep listening. We really appreciate you. And uh, we're looking forward to bringing you more information next week. We will be giving a preview. So we'll probably spend less time talking about Dynamite and more time talking about the upcoming card for Double or Nothing. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and we'll also be giving you a reaction show. Um the days after the pay-per-view so keep an eye out for that too and on that note i spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool i am so so sorry i didn't recognize you carlito it's been a long time you changed your hair on that note remember life's a work duck the clothesline and happy wrestling
nothing beats me. And I spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool.